0: The Adam Crowley Show. Axe on. Axe off.
1: No. Axe ah, on. Oh, no. Oh, it's on the nipple. Axe
2: off. Ah. Axe on. Oh.
3: Axe off. Ah, he
2: went from the bottom. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
1: Kevin Colbert spoke at the owners' meetings yesterday. Mike Tomlin spoke at them today. We'll get to that coming up in a few minutes here on the Crowley Show. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm afraid to leave the studio. I think we're going to walk out there and find a bunch of people with pitchforks and torches. I don't do well around fire. I don't do well with the threat of being stabbed either but eh, you know i guess i deserve it it's not like
0: i said anything about jesus i was only talking about sister jean i think that like happens vicariously though i think you're in trouble but that's we're just gonna have to board the studio up probably have to put a chair in front of that thing because if they can't come in and talk to us can't fire us couple of things here i am catholic
2: not anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to say, that ship has passed. See you later. I went to church on Sunday. I got my palms. If Crowley's looking for a new club. Yeah, you got to give them palms back.
1: I was 20 minutes late to church on Sunday. 20 minutes. No
0: joke. See, you're not doing yourself any favors. No. You're pulling this. You're late for church. It's transparency. They take attendance. They do. God does.
1: Yep. He Watch sees you it. when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Knows if you've been bad or good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's what it says in the bible we're
0: all going to hell after the show
1: <laughs> my dog threw up on the carpet
0: See? That's bad like, omen yep, yeah exactly. that's why i was late
1: for church because my house is still in disarray now that we finished our kitchen and i don't know where the hell anything is and i ran downstairs to try to find some cleaning supplies and couldn't find them anywhere so then you had to go out to dollar general which is right behind my house The wife gets all mad at you because you can't find the cleaning supplies. When you show back up from Dollar General, she's got the cleaning supplies that were already in the house. You spend extra money. And, of course, I hadn't had my hair blow-dried yet. What? So I was 20 minutes late for church. Neither here nor there. 412-922-2874. One of the things that usually makes me leave church early is coffee, because I go to early morning church on Sundays, and then I have to
3: Tom, you just picked up coffee for the first time, did you not? Yeah, today I texted both of you guys and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to start to become a coffee guy because uh, I woke up this morning. I was dragging a little bit and I was like, you know what? I might make myself a nice little cup here. So I popped it in the Keurig and had myself two cups and I felt amazing. It was like I was reborn. So I think I'm all in on coffee every morning.
0: Oh, you should be. I don't understand why it took you li- this long to get there. I'm, a- I'm on it all day long. Brian only drinks coffee. That's all I drink.
3: It's ridiculous. You won't catch him without a cup of coffee. No,
0: not at all. And this goes all. And I'm not even kidding. This goes on all the way until probably on a on a on a good day. I'd say nine at night. It's a bad day, maybe seven thirty. I start throwing a little water in there just to get ready for the next day. (laughs) Coffee's lifeblood, man. I
1: can drink three quarters of a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. You can't finish the whole cup. If I drink an entire cup of coffee, I will be jittery until around noon. If I drink three fourths of a cup with my breakfast, it gives me enough coffee to wake up and then not be jittery. I'm a
3: weirdo. You are. Let me ask you this, though. Did the Keurigs make the coffee, like, less hot? Because I had to reheat mine in the microwave at least two or three times this morning. It was getting to be a little annoying. I don't know if I'm going to be a coffee guy if I have to keep reheating the thing every 10 minutes.
0: See, that's a weird thing. Yeah, they kind of do. They come out. Yeah, they do. That's why you got to go with pot. You know, with the pot, also, you don't have to go back every time and refill that thing. I mean, you got a big old cup of joe there, and you're just transferring it to another cup. So it's like... That's what you got to do, man. Don't go Keurig. That's for the amateur.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm all about pot.
0: Plus, there's side benefits to all of this. Things go easier mm-hmm. in the morning mm-hmm. in more ways than one.
3: I experienced mm-hmm. that firsthand today. See? Mm-hmm. I mean, It, it was it, delightful. It,
0: it makes things very, very easy. Like my morning routine involves, well, coffee, and then uh, my squatty potty. And, and with those two things, I mean, I can't have a bad day. It, it, it just gets better and better until i come in but then that's beside the point but it, it makes life better all the way around it keeps you regular gives you energy and
1: it
3: tastes delicious now it, i know it me- tastes pretty good that's what i was surprised well about. here's where here's where
1: you're going to be wrong right because uh, brian and i are coffee black people
3: yep i drink mine black oh, okay yeah. After I put a couple of cubes of sugar in it. Yeah, it's disgusting.
0: Okay, I can deal with a little bit of sugar in no there. No cream, if, though. If you, yeah, if you go cream, you're dead to me. Well, that cools
3: it down, too, right? Because you're yes! putting cold cream into yes! it, so it's like, what's the point? It's- sugar's terrible for you, Tom. Yeah, but it makes it taste really good when you put sugar in it. I'm all coffee. about the black.
0: You should use natural sugar, Tom. I do. Since you're in shape, you know, and you're getting there and you're working out, even though Crowley doesn't notice it. You but know what? Thank you for clearing that up. Natural, natural sugar really Natural hard. sugar's still not really
1: good for you. Uh, it's not
0: in moderation,
1: Crowley. In moderation. That's true. I did just eat a piece of
3: cake. <laughs> I'm wearing rollerblades, by the way.
0: Yeah, what? what I haven't the even hell, mentioned dude. that on the show. It took show.
3: us a while to bring that up. Yeah.
0: Hey, what the hell? I mean, seriously. Like, I don't know if anybody out there works with anybody who just shows up in rollerblades. But Crowley has been yelled at by no less than three people in the hallway because he didn't realize that rollerblades rolling on the floor are loud. Now we're a radio station, so sometimes you have to be quiet. Because other people are, you know, opening mics and doing their show. And while we do kind of (laughs) ignore that sometimes, the the rolling of the rollerblades over and over, up and down the floor, it gets to people. So we're not only in trouble with other jocks and other talk show hosts in the building, uh, we're probably now in trouble with our management as well for attacking Sister Jean. And the Christians want to get us. Yep. Who haven't we offended
1: today? You know what? Let's actually not play that game. No, it's just.
0: You do not want to open that can of worms.
2: We interrupt. Oh! He's pounding down, loaded up and are we going to do what they say can't be done? Ugh. Break a break one-nine.
0: We got a baby bear playing road ranger in a brown paper bag, sliding slips and collecting autographs on McKnight Road near the Clown Burger. Slow your ride and let it glide, else Leo going to tan your hide. It's the Smoker Report. You see a Miss Peggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or Bear in the Air. You give us a holler and we'll get you home without that extra freight. 412-922-2874. Shiny side up and skins on the ground. He's
2: set up and trucking are we gonna do what they can't be done we've got a long way to go and a short
1: time to get there I'm eastbound just watch your band Dale Lawley live from the NFL owners meetings coming up in 12 minutes here on the Crowley show Kevin Colbert spoke yesterday Mike Tomlin spoke today don't have a lot of information on what Mike Tomlin said but Dale's got it for us as for Kevin Colbert He says the Steelers can pick up the fifth-year option on outside linebacker Bud Dupree. But he said that they haven't decided what to do yet, but Dupree, quote, hasn't scratched the surface yet of his potential. Dupree was a potential guy when they drafted him out of Kentucky. He was an athlete. And sometimes it didn't look like he knew exactly what he was doing as it relates to the football side of things. He still finds ways every Sunday, I think, to kind of look like he's in no-man's land. But I don't think he's a bust the way that Jarvis Jones was a bust. And Jarvis Jones had his fifth-year option picked up. Now, the Steelers, I'd argue back then, had less depth than they do now, even though I'm not crazy about their depth. I'll actually agree with Kevin Colbert here, though. You can't give this guy the fifth-year option whenever you don't know where he's going to top out. I thought last year, after the year he had the year prior, when he was healthy for the second half, He was going to come in and really play well this year. I thought he had 10-sack potential. Now, the Steelers don't play that way so much anymore with their outside linebackers where they're consistently coming off the edge. They're dropping into coverage a bunch, but even so, I thought he'd be more productive, and he wasn't. So there's that, and what that tells me now is he could be using this as motivation to kind of light the fire under Bud Dupree, This could also indicate that the Steelers aren't shying away from really going after that quote-unquote best available player early in the draft. If there's a pass rusher who plays on the edge that the Steelers feel like would help them get better this year, they can take that guy. Matt Williamson says all the time that this is the only time of the year where the teams don't lie to you. When you get into the games, you have misdirection, you play action, you fake blitzes, You do all kind of stuff where you lie. The coaches lie to the media. The players lie to the media. The media lies to the fans. Everyone's lying their ass off. In the offseason, though, not so much. You take what they say, at least I do, and I believe a lot of it, at least when it comes from the Steelers. I think this means that they could get an outside linebacker, and that's not going to make anybody happy. The ideal circumstance is Bud Dupree takes off and T.J. Watt takes off. And those two become the pillars on the outside in this three-four defense. But we shall see. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. There's also a rumor out there. When to talk about the media lying their asses off, that maybe the Steelers are going to rescind Bell's franchise tag. Uh, some of these national reports make my ears bleep. Like that sound that I just made probably did to a lot of you out there in the parkway. Let's use our noggins here, peeps. My God, I can't even see Brian. There's so much damn vape in here. Use your brain, people. What would the Steelers have to gain by rescinding Le'Veon Bell's franchise tag? If you were going to do it, just never slap him with the tag in the first place and go out and spend money. On quality defensive players. Now, the Steelers did sign a couple quality defensive players, but now there's none left. So if you rescind his tag, what exactly are you going to use to spend that money on? Nothing. There's nothing out there worth spending the money on. So that's ridiculous to me. Those dudes be tripping. Them national folk. 4129222874. John Ledger. Friend in real life, friend in the show, says that the Steelers are going to meet with Darius Geis at his pro day. He's the projected first-round running back from LSU. I would hate, hate, hate to see the Steelers use a first-round pick on a dude when they've still got the all-pro
3: there this year. Would hate it. Tom can't even see me. What's wrong, Tom? I was John Legend covers the Steelers now? John Ledger. Oh, uh, okay.
1: Chrissy Teigen saying that the Steelers have talked to Darius Geis, projected first-round running back from LSU. I would hate, 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 hate to see the Steelers use a first-round pick in a dude when they've still got an all-pro there this year. It's odd because there's a bunch of people out there that want to see the Steelers go running back by committee this year, but then you hear that they want the Steelers to draft a running back in the first round. Many Twitter followers who have chimed in seem to think that this is a good idea. But if Bell is expendable because you can have multiple backs pick up the slack, then why, oh, why would you draft a running back in round one to not use that guy as part of a committee? You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You would just go running back by committee when the guy leaves, right? And if that's the case, don't spend the resource on a number one running back. The Steelers could get value if they pick a guy in the third round this year or the second round. Or, hell, the third round next year. Or the second round next year. That's the move. Not a first round this year. Not the second round this year. You realize the two best running backs who came into the league last year as rookies were drafted in the third round. Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. You don't need to overdraft a running back. You don't need to. Doesn't need to happen. And if you want the Steelers to go running back by committee anyhow, utilize Le'Veon Bell's talents this year. Make him the workhorse back. Maybe draft a guy in the third round and then that guy, when paired with another third round pick next year, that's your committee. But don't go first round now and go running back by committee and have wasted the opportunity to put another position around Ben Roethlisberger this year to help him succeed. Steelers should look towards the future by drafting a running back this year, but they should not take one in the first round. They can be more than adequate. If they get a running back in the second through the fourth, and ideally not even in the second. 4129222874. I am getting contact high. Dale Lawley of The Athletic joins us from the NFL owners' meetings next. It's The Crowley Show. The NFL owners' meetings are going on. I was not invited. Dale Lolly, however, was. He joins us now on the program to tell us what's going on out there. What's up, Lolly?
2: What's going on, Adam? I uh, I actually feel afraid for you that you actually know the words to that song.
1: Making my way downtown? Yeah. Walking fast? Yeah. Faces pass? Yeah. And I'm homebound? Shame on you. It's a quality tune, man.
2: It is not a quality tune. (laughs) Why don't you like that song? (laughs) That's garbage. Seriously. Dale.
0: Dale.
2: Are you wearing uh, uh, some kind of frilly underpants?
0: Uh, Come on, Dale. You know the answer to that. (laughs) My
1: underpants say tickle my pickle. They do. They got pictures of pickles on them that are smiling and say tickle my pickle. So there. How about that? That's That's manly. That's manly. manly. You think you're coming after me with frills, Lolly, and I got tickle my pickle.
2: Tickle this. Too much information.
1: Dale Lolly, DKPittsburghSports.com, joining me here on the Crowley Show. We're supposed to air this interview on Steelers Nation Radio as well. Probably going to have to cut all of that out. (laughs) My God, Uh, Lolly. First, before we get into anything specific, what's the thing that stood out most to you from what either Kevin Colbert or Mike Tomlin had to say.
2: Well, I can tell you what it wasn't, and it wasn't what I saw on some some national websites that suddenly uh, the Steelers are looking to replace Le'Veon Bell in the draft.
1: Oh, my God. I
2: don't know where that came from. I was I was one of four guys sitting there talking to Kevin Colbert, and those words never left his mouth. Nothing even close to that ever left his mouth, and people were, were jumping to all kinds of conclusions. Um, I... I had a back and forth last night with a gentleman from uh, CBS Sports, who, who I, I happened to see the story, and I'm like, "This is completely wrong," and and all of a sudden he starts defending it. I'm like, "Dude, I was there. I can send you the quotes. That's not what he said."
1: Were you Were you um, arguing with him on Twitter, or was this happening in oh real yeah, life? he
2: was. He was arguing with me on Twitter about what Kevin Colbert said. Now he's he was a not there. B he's not here. See, he's sitting in his, I don't know where he's at, some you know, 500 miles away, and he's going to argue with me about what Kevin Colbert said to me. Well, Dale, even if, even if you want to <laughs>
1: parse it further than that, and even if you just want to think about whether or not it makes sense, it doesn't make any damn sense. None. None Why would you rescind Adam. the tag from Le'Veon Bell? Then what are you going to spend money on?
2: Well, not only that, but if they, if they rescinded the tag from Le'Veon Bell, then he's automatically a free agent, and they received no compensation for him whatsoever, not even a compensatory pick next year. And if, and, and if they wait this year, chances are he's going to sign a big deal. If he, if, he, if he leaves and signs somewhere else, he's going to get a deal big enough that he's probably going to get them two compensatory picks on his own because he'll get the big deal and he'll get right. the touches and everything else and become a, still be a Pro Bowl player. It it would be nonsensical for them not, or for them to rescind the tag. It it just doesn't make any sense, and they they just don't work in that way. They put the tag on him because they intend to keep the tag on it. That's what that's what their intent is. What, What Kevin was saying was this: that the draft will affect or could affect how much they are able to pay him this year, which could in turn then cause him to sign. So what he was saying was, for example. If they draft a safety in the first round, now all of a sudden maybe you don't need J.J. Wilcox on your roster. So you you release J.J. Wilcox and that frees up $3.5 million Mm. this year. That's what he was saying. You know, that's how the draft could affect Le'Veon Bell's status. Um, so there's some things that they need to do because he said, that, "Look, there'll be you know, we may release some veteran players if, if, you know, depending on what happens in the draft, other teams may release veteran players depending on what happens in the draft. We might be interested in those veteran players, um, you know, but it could also affect our dealings with Levyon. So there's a lot in play there, uh, but they are certainly not looking to replace levion in this year's draft.
1: Dale, let's stick with running backs in this year's draft, not because they are going to try to replace him, but because I think that they need to address that position. As, as good of a player as I think James Conner is, and I think he is a good player, you just can't count on him to be healthy. wasn't healthy at all at Pitt, and that's to even take the cancer stuff obviously out of it. He just got banged up a lot. Uh, he gets banged up last year. I do think that they're going to address it uh, in the third, fourth, maybe fifth round, something like that, to try to find a young body that can help this year, and then maybe be part of a committee that tries to replace Le'Veon Bell down the road.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, right now your three running backs are the same three that you finished last season with. You have Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, and Fitzgerald Tucson, who they signed to a one-year deal, but they could very easily cut ties with him right. if they draft a running back. So, basically, you would be getting competition for James Conner. Um, so, yeah, I could see that happening in a later round, and certainly. But they're not taking one in the first round. No, and they shouldn't. That's just that doesn't make any sense. I mean, why would you use a first-round draft pick on a running back when you have a, you know, one of the best running backs in the league, and B, you've already shown that you don't use your backup running backs. So if you would draft somebody this this year, where's how much playing time is he going to get?
1: It would only be for next year. It would only be a move to look past what's going on with Le'Veon Bell, or if Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. And I hate the idea of that. Just like I hate the idea of the Steelers taking a quarterback in in any of the first couple of rounds, Dale. Because
2: I think the only position that you draft a guy with an eye to the future. See, that makes sense. That's the only position you do that at.
1: And if and if you're on that, and if somebody, and I'm not even saying you are, but if somebody is on that side of it, and somebody says, "Look, they're going to get somebody that they can develop, a la Aaron Rodgers," and you hope that he can be the guy after Ben Roethlisberger leaves, fine. I wouldn't like to see that, though, just like I wouldn't like to see a running back in the first round because I think whatever the Steelers do in this year's draft and throughout free agency should be about winning a championship with Ben Roethlisberger. Give him all the weapons. Give the defense as many playmakers. Make them an unbeatable force right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, the thing is you never know how the draft is going to go. Uh, and so, you know, somebody was just, I was just doing a Q&A, on my website, and somebody asked me, "What are the chances that the Steelers draft a quarterback?" And I think there's a there's a chance, uh, but the only way that there's a chance is if all the defensive players that they like are gone ahead of them, and they're and that would push one of the right. quarterbacks down. I mean, you're going to see, you know, four uh, quarterbacks taken, in probably in the first five picks of this draft. I'd be surprised if, it, if it's not in the first five. It may be the first six or seven but there's going to be four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. What that does is push it all the other talent down. And so now all of a sudden, if you're the Steelers, you're looking at this going, okay, but if all these quarterbacks go ahead of us, we're still going to get maybe the 12th or 13th best defensive player? Okay. I'll, you know, where do you sign up for that at? Now, maybe, maybe it turns out that, that, that uh, one of those quarterbacks falls to you. I doubt that, but you have to look at that possibility at least. I mean, you, you can't ignore them. And as Mike Tomlin told us today, he's like, look, we've been going through dry runs on the quarterback assessments or evaluations for the last few years. Uh, Just to, you know, we have to have these guys kind of stacked to get used to evaluating quarterbacks because we haven't had to do it for so long because they've had their franchise quarterback. So now, you, you know, you start looking at those guys because it's not just the guys who are available in this year's draft. It's the guys who are available, and you don't see it a lot with quarterbacks, what we did this year, guys who become available as free agents. You'd like to have your, your assessments of those guys when they were coming out of school. Um, he brought up Morgan Burnett uh, today when we were talking to him about, you know, look, we've, we've known all about Morgan Burnett since he came into the league because we evaluated him when he came out in the draft. So we had a good idea of what kind of player he was, what kind of person he was. Now, certainly that can change over the course of a career, but, they, you know, they've done their homework on him.
1: Dale, how do you think they're going to use Morgan Burnett now to focus on him a little bit more?
2: Uh, I, I see him kind of being a, a chess piece. Um, you know, they had interest in Jabril Peppers last year, who was a guy that, that could play in the box, could play some linebacker for you, could play some deep safety, as we saw in Cleveland when he was playing in Toledo. Uh, instead, of, you know, instead of just a regular single high safety, right. he was playing 40 yards off the line of scrimmage. Um, but he's a guy that you can play all over the place. And I think that's the way they would like to use Morgan Burnett. Um, but I don't know that they're completely sure yet. Um, you know, it could, it could free them up to do some things with, with Sean Davis like that, where they put Sean Davis in the box and play Morgan Burnett deeper. It gives them the ability to do that with both. I think the one thing that, that both Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin said is that both of those guys are versatile and that they can use them in different ways. Uh, and that's the big thing that you see teams trying to acquire now guys who are capable of doing more than just be a linebacker, for example, or a guy more, more you know capable of being more than just a cornerback or a safety guys who have the ability to move around on the field and line up in different spots because, you know, you play the Patriots or a team like that, that, you know, likes to run that hurry up or try to catch you, you know, with, the, with different guys on the field. Well, if you don't have to bring different guys onto the field to do different things, it, it really,
1: it, it becomes ineffective. Dale Lolly, DK, PittsburghSports.com, joining me here on The Crowley Show. What about Bud Dupree? Uh, I saw that Kevin Colbert was talking about the conversation whether or not to bring him back on the fifth year option in a couple of years here. And I'm kind of with Colbert. Let's wait and see with this guy. Uh, he, I don't think, has been a bust. I think he's been a better player than Jarvis Jones. But that being said, I thought he was better two years ago than he was this year.
2: Yeah, I thought so as well. Especially when he came back from the injury. Um, now I've been told that they're they're seriously considering flip flopping those two guys. Uh, TJ, okay. Moving TJ Watt over to the strong side and putting Dupree on the weak side, um, and that's something that they're they're still considering at this point, um, which might you know help him a little bit. I mean, you look at the. What he would be asked to do on the left side or the right side of the line, um, yes, he would be facing more left tackles. Uh, but at the same time, those left tackles aren't the power players necessarily. You're not seeing you know a tight end that you have to necessarily cover. I think the idea with Bud is to not get him to think so much on the football field. Um, just have him do hey, go get the quarterback. Um, you don't have to worry so much about covering a tight end or those kind of things. And TJ Watt, I think, is better in coverage. Absolutely. Uh, so. So maybe you want him dropping with the tight ends a little bit more, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I haven't given up hope on Bud. Uh, I'd like to see more from Bud. I think you see flashes here or there. Uh, like I said, he played he played his best football I think in December on of two seasons ago. I thought he was you know very good in December when he came back from the maybe it was because he had fresh legs. I don't know because he'd, he'd been out for eight weeks. But I thought he played well down the stretch, and I thought he played pretty well in the playoffs for them that year. And then last year, not so much. Um, so he needs to be better. Uh, the, the expectation is there. You know what I thought of the pick when they made it. And, it, you know, it's looking more and more like I was completely right about that. I just don't see the football um, acumen there. I don't I don't see the the, the diagnosis, him diagnosing, play, diagnosing plays quickly and being able to read and react fast. What about Cameron
1: Sutton moving to safety, Dale? Uh, something that you've been on for a while here. Uh, do you think that this is something Steelers are still considering?
2: I think they're, it's still in the back of their minds now. But once they got Morgan Burnett, I think that kind of eased their minds a little bit about that. You know, when they went into free agency, they only had about six and a half million dollars to spend, so you didn't know what the market was going to be for a starting free safety. So you know, you're looking at okay, if we if we don't get They had to sign a linebacker. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They had to get an inside linebacker um, because they just couldn't go into next season with what they had in a rookie. Um, So you go out, you get yourself an inside linebacker. They weren't sure that they were going to have enough money remaining to also sign a quality safety. Um, So they looked at the internal options, and obviously Cam Sutton was one of the best ones. I still think there's some possibilities there for him to play some free safety uh, if you want to get your best five or six defensive backs on the football field at the same time, assuming that you don't draft one. Now, if they draft one in the first round, then he's definitely staying a cornerback. But if they don't draft a safety early on, um, if you want to get your best five or six guys on the field, I think he's one of them. And so to do that, you put him at free safety, you move Burnett up into the box as a, as a uh, you know the, the William Gay kind of role, or you could put Sutton up in that role. But I think, I think Sutton's better deep and put Burnett up there uh, to help with your run in the run game, tackling, and he's also you know able to cover. It gives them some more options back there, and, and he's played the position before. Um, so I, I think you know if you want to do that and get your best five or six on the field, that's how you do it. You move you move Sutton to safety and have him learn a little bit of both. He's capable of playing pretty much any spot. I, I don't know that I want him at strong safety just because of the physicality involved with that, but free safety, slot corner. I think you can put him on the outside. He gives you a lot of flexibility as well. <laughs>
1: thanks for taking the time to join us today buddy have you fun know, out just, there I'm
2: just sitting here on my deck watching the uh, it, it rained here a little bit but it's it's about 78 degrees so you play your little song and I'll sit here and enjoy a nice uh, cold one
1: why don't you get out of the house make your way downtown okay buddy
2: okay we'll see you bud see you then
1: need you and I miss you and now I wonder uh, up next I've got an early candidate for hottest media take of the day and I've got a story about property damage it's the Crowley
0: Show
1: I don't think I timed that
0: one right, though. No. Perfect tune, though. We should do some sort of like karaoke soon, just because you love to sing. Call it like I don't know, karaoke or something like that. Brian, you smoke a lot of pot, man. We talked about this before. We did.
1: We did. When? On the air? I don't know. Months ago. Did we, we called it karaoke?
0: Well, let's do, why haven't we done it, then? I don't know. That's on you, man. No, I think it's on you. No, see, you yeah, should know that. Yeah, it's I on for, Tom. You should know that. It is hey, it's on, on Tom. Totally yeah, Tom's nope, fault. Joe Tom was here. Nope, that was on
3: Joe's watch. Look, I wasn't here. It you should have been ready. Joe no, really no, no, Joe's, no, 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 fault. No, Joe's stupid fault. Stupid
0: fault.
1: idiot.
3: That guy.
0: This is just, you know, I mean, guys, look, if we're going to be freaking professional about this show, y'all need to step up. You need to take responsibility for things that Joe screwed up, and you... I don't know what you need to do, but you need to stop need to calling nuns. Yeah. You need to stop calling nuns, that's for sure. We'll replay my call with
1: the nun coming up in 15 minutes. Sister Jean. With the nun. Sorry, is that disrespectful and dismissive? A little bit? A little bit. What if I
3: stop calling her Sister Jean? What if I just start calling her Jean? Is that disrespectful? Yeah! Yeah. She didn't spend eight years in school to become a sister for you to not use the name. It's a oh.
0: holy lady, man. You gotta show her the respect oh. that she's due.
3: Oh. I'm gonna
1: get in trouble now. Do they really go to eight schools for eight years of school for
0: that? Yeah, I think yeah. so.
1: Even the nuns? Even
0: the nuns. I mean the nuns are always in school, I think. Like
1: Here, okay, so real real Clearly guys, she's never left school. <laughs> are you guys ready for an actual take on the Catholic Church?
2: Because I'm ready. Oh my
1: gosh. No, oh, seriously. I don't know. <laughs> no, here comes a legit take. Oh no. Why can't nuns be priests? Why are they they looked down upon more than the priest is? The priest is a higher ranking. And I think it's bullcrap. It's 2018. The Catholic Church, all churches for that matter, need to have more people preaching the good word. And I realize that the nuns preach the good word, but. They're already condensing churches in Pittsburgh. It's the on-mission for the church alive. And now I'm being
0: told that they're not going to let nuns be priests. Me, I'm being told exclusively. See, things hit the church late usually. So, like, hashtag me too hasn't made it there yet. It'll be a while. It's not about me too. Well, it is because here you have the nuns who could clearly do mass as well as the guys, and they're just not allowed. It, it's not equal pay either, probably. Do they get paid? Tom, do they get paid? Tom's the religious one here.
3: Uh, I'm pretty sure they get paid with the knowledge that the Lord is looking over them at all times. And they get a place
0: to live. Yeah.
3: The convent. I think they cover utilities, too. So I would imagine. They don't get paid for merchandising. That's clear.
1: Sister Jean <laughs> is going to be the wealthiest nun in the history of ever. Yeah. Mother Teresa, move aside. We got a new one coming in.
0: Sister Jean Inc.
1: Sister Jean, comma Inc. Period. LLC. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven
3: four. Yes, Tom is Sister Jean in the running to become a saint, a pope? I mean,
0: I would like to see her become the pope.
3: Yeah, that's not happening.
1: Let's get her to be a priest first.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's got to break
1: through that glass ceiling,
0: a glass altar.
1: What do, we, what do we do with that joke? Come on, that wasn't that What
0: do we that do with bad? that joke? That wasn't okay, that bad. it wasn't that. Nah, nah, I wasn't laying it out there like it was a big joke, like the last horrible joke I told. That, that was, was just something. Never butt. That was just something to move things forward. There, all right. Get yeah, off my it's back.
3: A, it's not the best, but it, it'll it'll play. You
0: guys aren't being very Christian right now.
3: It's also not the worst.
0: I thought Tal never missed a butt.
1: Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Tom, I know that we usually save this production for the end of a show.
3: But you got production for me for the hottest media take of the day? Not for the hottest media take of the day. But we can roll the hottest take of the day. Roll the hottest take and give me some Richie Walsh up in there.
1: Don't have to. (laughs) Don't have that either. It's time for the hottest take of the day. (laughs) Well played, Tom. Kicking ass as usual. It's not even funny. Good work, Tom. I was driving back from a dinner with my grandmother yesterday. All the way back from good old Uniontown, Pennsylvania. It's an hour and 15 minute drive. So I was listening to good old ESPN Pittsburgh. And there was one of those national weekend shows on. Which, by the way, they need to ask me to come do one of those national weekend shows. I'm not even kidding. Who do I need to talk to about getting a national weekend show?
0: Uh, ESPN.
1: Oh. Can you send out a uh, a note for me?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll ask. Okay. I'm sure they won't mind.
1: Tom, okay. can you send out a note for me? Yeah, I'll shoot some emails out. I don't see why I couldn't be on the network for a weekend show. I really can't. You'd Cause... scare the hell out of them. That's why. No. I'd have to rein it in. But the the people that they had on yesterday, I don't even know who they were They were spewing awful hot takes, just awful, and I need to spend five minutes just ripping them to shred. I should have had Tom pull the audio. I didn't. But what they were talking about was Bill Self, and how he got to the Final Four, and how finally he's got another chance to win a title, and how this is his best chance to win a title because it's the best team he's had at Kansas, and really he's been a large disappointment up until this point. Couple of things there numero one this is not one of his better kansas teams it just happens to be a weaker field this year they had talked coming into the season about this maybe being the year that they don't win the conference they won it 14 straight years this was the year that they thought oh man it might not happen they've lost three games ever under bill self at home coming into this year they lost three at the Fog Island Fieldhouse. This isn't his best team. It's absolutely not his best team. He's made a lot out of a little, and they get better every single game. He's actually done a fabulous job. I can't believe I'm defending Bill Self. What the hell happened? West Virginia gets eliminated, I just jumped to the nearest Big 12 team. (laughs) Defending Bill Self. Number dose. If it's a disappointment that Kansas doesn't win the title every year, And it was also a disappointment that Coach K's team got bounced. And it's also a disappointment that Coach Cal's team got bounced. And it's also a disappointment that Tony Bennett's team gets bounced. If every coach is expected to win the title every single year, then everyone else is going to be disappointed. If you win 14 conference championships in 14 seasons, and you go to three Final Fours, and you win a national championship, I'm sorry, everything else is gravy. You've proved that you can win the big one, you've proved that you're the class of your conference, and you've proved that you can cut your way through nets, and you can make your way through the NCAA tournament. That's such an awful, awful, awful old school take. That's just an old take. That's, oh my God, I don't know what to say when it comes to Kansas, so I'm just going to throw out the takes that I used to give out before Bill Self won a championship. It can't be a disappointment for Cal and Coach K and Bill Self and Jay Wright every year. If they all can't win it, then it can't be a disappointment when they don't win it every year. It just can't be. Tom Izzo's gone to what? 12 Final Fours? He's only won one national championship, but yet Michigan State fans still wear the shirts that say February Izzo, April, May, blah, 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 blah. Why? Because he owns March. Final Fours are a big deal. Not everyone can effing win the championship every year. And to say that Bill's self is underachieved, you're not paying attention. You're just spewing nonsense out your big old backside, your butt, because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You want know to talk about a real disappointment? Sean Miller and Tony Bennett. Those guys who do have a lot of talent, those guys who have had regular seasons, who don't even take their teams to the final four. Sean Miller should have had a team in the final four. Tony Bennett this year should have had his team in the final four. Those are disappointments. When you get to the tournament every damn year, and you get to the Elite Eight almost every damn year, and you get to the Final Four three times and you win a national championship, you're not a disappointment. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Put me national on the weekends. Who do I got to kiss? What do I got to do? Who do I got to pay? Get me national on the weekends. I could do it. Better than those guys. I'd actually shoot fire takes with some personality as opposed to just shooting these blanks with zero personality. Because you got one guy on one side of the country and the other guy beamed in from the other side of the country. It sucked. It was terrible. It should be me. Would you take me with you? I'll take you with me. Oh, i love it. I'd have to. What a bunch of awful takes. Put me on for six hours on a Saturday, and let me just sit there and let the scoreboards come to me. I will riff for six hours better than those two did for ten minutes. Anyhow, I sang coming out of the last segment that I had a story for you about property damage. I'll get to that coming up next. We'll hear my phone calls with Sister Jean, and Sidney Crosby's back, baby. He's back and he's hot. Oh. Six goals in three games. All oh, that and more as we roll to hour number three on The Crowley Show.